On today's show, country music star Ryan Hurd comes on to break down the first major of the golf calendar. That's right, the Masters are coming with Jim Nance and the Azaleas. We'll be giving out bets on best matchups to take, make miss cuts, even a little bit of sprinkling on some long shot winners. It's a chock full show, and we are here, as always, to make you money. How do you say that? How do you know that? Five simple words, That's Mr. Michael. Back up the Brinks truck. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stacks in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. Welcome to the West Coast Gamble is the only gambling show that makes you money. A proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are all about the Masters today. I can't wait to dive into Butler Cabin, the Azaleas, Jim Nance. It's going to be a blast. The first major of the year. Schaefer the Sand Trap is going to be coming in strong and we have a special guest Ryan Hurd to help us go through our golf bets and uh Drew and Ryan might have a little uh side golf bet that they're interested in as well but before we move forward with the Masters I just want to put a bow on the NCAA tournament a tournament that well lost me a lot of money I didn't do too well although I got hot late Tip your cap to the uh, Baylor Bears. Tip your cap to the Stanford Lady Cardinals, the two champions of the world. Uh, Dangles, not the championship game we wanted, not exactly the close contest, but, I mean, Baylor came to play, and you got they, they, they won it, man. Gonzaga, it wasn't like Gonzaga lost it. Baylor won it. Yeah, Baylor certainly did win it, and I do think you also had a, a, a bit of a maybe fatigue factor from the fact that UCLA took them so late into the game. They had to go to overtime to win it. I don't think that the Bulldogs were expecting that kind of a fight out of the uh, the UCLA Bruins, but then again, you know, who was? That was really their national championship game. That game yeah. was, was the actual national championship, and I think they were just gassed by the time they, they got to this, uh, this Baylor Bears buzzsaw, which is really what they just ran into. What a performance by Jared Butler and, and Davion Mitchell had had just incredible nights and and uh, you know the the trio of, of Kispert Timmy and and Jalen Suggs just wasn't enough to uh, uh, to get it together so thankfully we don't have to have the conversations about Gonzaga joining the Pac-12 and whether they deserve to be in a Power Five conference it still uh, does not appear uh, that they do because they can't get it done your heart breaks for Mark Few though a little bit to get here it to really the, does. To almost to the top of the mountaintop again and by all accounts a great guy a great coach believes in his players you know has taken a program and built it into something and made a dynasty out of it. Um, but I mean, what can you do It's a 16 point victory? 86 to 70 was your final. And uh, it just, it never at any point looked like Gonzaga was even in the same ballpark. No, no. And Drew, I hate these questions when you see him on ESPN or Fox sports or whatever, by the way, pour one out for Paul Pierce, uh, currently a free agent out there. I'm sure he'll get a job pretty fast. I was going to say, let's just count the moments until he's an employee <laughs> at Barstool. It won't be long. Drew, uh, that's a great spot for him. Drew, uh, this question is going to come up. Will Mark Few ever win the big one? You know, I, I, it's just a matter of time. It's, it's funny we're talking about the Masters, and once upon a time, Phil Mickelson had that stigma. He couldn't win the Masters, and he just kept saying, if you put yourself in position uh, again and again, you're going to get it done. Um, I already looked in the way too early rankings. Michigan's number two, the only team ahead of them. Gonzaga. Yep. They will be back. Uh, they got Walker Kessler coming in, uh, or, or supposedly the consensus number one recruit. That Baylor team was unbelievable. And just tip your cap. Dangle said it best. Baylor just 
They were a buzzsaw. They deserve to win. Uh, Tony, I'm curious, though. You you know, you asked about Mark Few and whether he wins the big one. I want to take that question one step further. Do you think Mark Few ever wins the big one at Gonzaga, or does he have to get hired? Or, you know, if it, let's, let's say in a world where he decides he wants to move on to a bigger program, does he have to go to a Power 5 conference, do you think, to get to that mountaintop? I don't think he's ever leaving that place. I think he's Gonzaga through and through. I think he'll be there forever. He's they'll they'll erect a statue. They'll name the stadium after him. Like that's his place to be. So if he wins it, it's going to be with Gonzaga, and I hope he does because he deserves it. He's been a, a one of the best coaches in college basketball for a long time, and he uh, yeah, I thought he was going to get it. I really did. But let's move on now to why we're here. The first major of the year. It's all about golf. I can't wait to talk about it. Dangles and I have some very fun bets. Drew has a lot of sharp bets. And of course, we have our guest coming, Ryan Hurd. And we're going to get to him next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. Our next guest is calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, where he is a bona fide country music star. He has co-written number one singles with Blake Shelton, Luke Bryan, and the artist formerly known as Lady Antebellum. Personally, I've been a huge fan of his work since his debut single described my everyday life on a Saturday night trying to find love in a bar. His new single, Chasing After You, is done with his wife, Maren Morris. You can find that wherever you are looking for your music hits. And coming up on April 18th, he is performing at the ACM Awards on CBS. You may have heard of that channel. It's pretty easy to find on the dial. So please, welcome to the show. If you haven't heard of this man, I guarantee you your girlfriend has. Welcome to the show, the dashing, debonair, Kalamazoo crooner himself, Mr. Ryan Hurd. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Did my manager write that intro for you? Nah, man. The first half of the intro was kind of... It was like, okay, that's the stock shit. And then the second half, though, is when you really got cooking. Feel free to make it your Twitter bio, whatever you need. If you need me to promote you. That's going to go in my yeah. advance from now on. I'm, I'm there to introduce you to the crowds, you know, call you out. I can do a big, you know, stadium voice, whatever you need. By the way, before we get started on breaking down the masters and breaking down your career, I have to say I watched your recent music video, uh, Chasing After You. And there's one moment in the video where you're lying in the bed shirtless and you see the shadow silhouette and all that stuff. And it's really, it's beautifully done. But I have to say, as a man who has been trying to lose weight all quarantine, when was the last time you had a piece of cake? So I, I, I here's my, see, this part of my job is what I say, but I stay within, <laughs> eat the cake, man. I don't, whatever. Watch. <laughs> but it, I stay three weeks from having to be in a video. That's my thing. So I, I try to stay like just enough, like in shape enough to where I can go cut really hard for three weeks. So, uh, but then after that, it's just like I just slam beers until it's time to do it again. So it's I'm on my own version of a yo-yo. So it's straight out of necessity. 
And when we're on the road, gotcha. when you're on the road and like you're in a tour bus, there's literally nothing to do all day. So dudes work out a lot. I mean, everybody, uh, you, you sort of wake up, eat breakfast, then you work out and then like everybody else has stuff to do all day. But I just, I don't really have much to do until <laughs> at night. Um, and then like, so by the, t- by the time you go to bed or, I, or by the time the show's over, I'm like, let's party. But all these dudes have been working all day. And uh, they're like, no, we're going to bed. So um, that's kind of my, but it's a lot easier to stay in shape when you're on the road because there's nothing else to do. I Here I was thinking I couldn't Ryan, get any more jealous of your life and you just described the perfect day. I also want to piggyback off that question, Ryan. You know, we've been best buddies since sixth grade and I also watched the music video and I was a big fan of it. But I just, I had a question. When you're wearing jeans that tight, are you wearing underpants underneath them? And was it always part of your bucket list to collaborate with your wife and the world's biggest lazy Susan? <laughs> I was wearing underpants. I don't remember what. Confirmed. I've only worn special underwear two times. Oh, ooh, breaking news of the West Coast game. Like or like an award show or something. Um, so here's a, here's a life hack for you, though, is like tuxedos. If when they, Whenever you have to wear like a tux or a suit, I got these like jock suspenders, basically, that like kind of go, they, they like hook to the bottom of your shirt. And they go around through your groin, up through the back, and they hold your shirt in place so you don't have to, you know, the suit, you're constantly tucking it in so it doesn't get floppy. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's the most interesting thing about, uh, like, award show undergarments. That's something I didn't know. My mom, Mrs. Crooks, in front of the show, as you guys know, uh, did a lot of Ryan's laundry growing up in middle school. And she often said, did a lot of his laundry, didn't do a lot of his underwear. I'll let that statement uh, go where it, you know, in the universe um hey buddy we're gonna see each other this weekend i can't wait man um before we get into golf i gotta ask i saw you post on your twitter uh or re- retweet i should say on march 5th you know you and your uh amazing wife my good friend Marin's life got obviously turned upside down with touring because of this pandemic i want to know man in uh the industry give us some intel when are we going to see live music again when are you guys expecting to go on tour and uh is there any positive news on the horizon there's only positive news on the horizon, to be honest. Uh, I think I've got like three shows on the books for the summer that look po- like they're going to happen. Hmm. And then after that, um, I think people are, are going to be out there in the fall for sure. I think you'll start seeing like full tours in August. Um, I'm going to be later because, you know, I kind of want to, I don't want to have to stop and start. And so like for me, I just, I, for, I like being home because we have a kid right now and I've, I don't feel the need to like rush out there. So um, I would imagine I would go around like full, full, t- like full blast, like November, December, January, February, like in that range, like end of the year, beginning early next year. So, but you'll see a ton of tours start kicking up and festivals will happen. It's just so state by state that like, it's hard to plan right now, but yeah. I, I would imagine that's, that's the best answer I can give right now. Now, Drew, in his past on this show, he's talked about his uh, high school exploits as a, a sports star, playing basketball, playing baseball, all this stuff. Were you yourself in high school? Were you ever uh, into any sports? Did you ever play on any of the teams? Was there a certain sport that was your favorite? I liked baseball. Um, and I, we, we had a really, our high school had a, a really incredible soccer program. And we were like always ranked in the state. And, um, and then basketball season was next. And Drew and I played basketball. And we're on some pretty good teams in high school. Um, so we played J- JV freshman year and then varsity for three years. Mm. And then we played baseball, which was the most fun 
because we were not, we weren't good, but we also like, we had enough pieces where we could win some games. And I think baseball, we have the most amount of stories from just because it, Drew's dad was the coach. We were like, when Drew would pitch, I'm, I'm hundred percent serious. When Drew would pitch, we would, we would win every game. And, but you'd always play double headers and we didn't have a second pitcher really. So we would, it's like, you had to win the, the game that Drew pitched or it was just a waste of a trip. And also like, I was the catcher. So like, I, I was the only one who could really catch and Drew basically like if, if Drew struck him out, we, we would, uh, and Drew's a great baseball player. He played in college, but I, we had to strike them out because if they made contact, they were getting on base. Like it was sort of, <laughs> we were that kind of team where it's like, man, don't just don't don't hit it to third. Like maybe you could hit it like if you got a perfect bounce to the shortstop, or if we pop it up and like get lucky. But it had to strike them out. Ryan heard a uh, perennial line drive hitter. I'm not even kidding you. Small small school state of Michigan baseball. He hit over 500 his junior year. An incredible hitter. He could have played easily at the college level uh he literally no he literally didn't hit a home run until his senior year and then he decided to hit three in one game and it was a game i didn't pitch and we We lost lost. there you go i had three home runs one was a grand slam and we lost so i had i had seven rbis and we lost like 14 to nine to bring back an old story to the pod i just want ryan's take on this since we're already talking about it Say if someone gave their childhood glove to a former girlfriend and that former girlfriend then lost that childhood glove, the glove you had your whole time growing up, how exactly do you treat that relationship now? Well, it's already a former girlfriend, right? What are you, what else, what are you doing? I mean, first of all, let's start there. Second of all, like, I, that's hard. Like, why did she have it in the first place? That's my next question. And what, that's what we wanted to know. When did you ask for it back? I guess like when did you realize that this transaction was going to have to occur? And it was it just your baseball glove, or is there like some other stuff that's probably like, oh, by the way, I'd also like my glove back. I don't know exactly the compensation Mr. Cavallo received for lending out this glove. That'd be my that'd be my. Question. Wasn't worth it. Put it that way. It was not worth it. No one night stand is good enough to ever replace your childhood baseball glove. I'm just saying. No, I'm afraid not. All right, let's let's talk about why Ryan is here. Why we're doing this podcast. It is all about the Masters. The azaleas are blooming. My man Ryan, it's gonna be a blast. This is my favorite time of the year. It's the best nap television that there ever could be. You just take a pass out around the eighth hole, you wake back up around the eleventh. It's a beautiful Jim Nance lulling you to sleep is a pastime, and it's a perfect time. But now is the time to make some money. We are here to make our listeners money. We're here to give our insight. Shay for the Sharp, otherwise known as Shay for the Sand Trap, has plenty of insight as well. But let's start off with a little bit of fun bets. Obviously, you can sprinkle money on who can win the whole thing whether it's a favorite or a long shot but there are so many players in this masters all the past champions that come and play all ages all over the place some debuts as well everyone wants to make their marks at augusta so i want to start off with a little bit of a a make miss cut prop so you can bet a guy whether he's going to play all four days or not i know i have a fun one do you have any bets in the make miss cut land so i was looking i was looking very hard at my boy affectionately known as lefty Phil Mickelson. Now, obviously he's been in pretty much piss poor form for some time now, but would you, would you guess gentlemen, would you guess that his odds to make the cut at Augusta is still in the negative, meaning he's favored to make the cut. Yes. Is minus minus one fifty. I wanted to, I wanted to take him at a yes. I was almost positive. It'd be positive money. He is not. 
unfortunately, I can't make that bet. That was really the only one I was looking at. Tone, I know you got something behind that curtain that you want to share with us now, so let it out, big dog. I do, because this is a fun bet. You can win money before the event's even over. And also, I feel like this is a bet that you're kind of taking a shot in the dark because anything can happen at the Masters in any golf tournament. But if you pick someone that you're so excited to root against for them to not make the cut, it makes Thursday and Friday so enjoyable to watch. And there is probably not a more hated golfer out there than Ian Poulter. I know I think he has a stink face. I don't like cheering for the man, and I will be rooting for his failure. And in fact, for him not to make the cut is plus 140. So I'll be taking Ian Poulter not to make the cut, just cheering for him to hit it all over the place, all over the yard, plus 140 for Ian Poulter not to make the cut. Another one that I think is guaranteed to hit. Last year at the Masters when they had him in November, Bernard Langer became the oldest man to make the cut. He is 63 years old and he's playing in this. There are guys hitting the ball 70 yards past him on the tee. And I'd love to see him continue to defy the odds and make the cut as a 63-year-old man. And he is plus money to do that. But this line is not correct. Right now, for him not to make the cut, as a 63-year-old, is minus 160. I think that's an easy bet to take for this man not to make the cut. Not that I want to root against him. I just think this is a guaranteed hit. Bernard Langer not to make the cut at minus 160. Those are my and two Now I'm star. getting a little worried here, uh, uh, Tony and, and Drew, because our first three bets, let's recap this. The first three bets involve Phil Mickelson, yep. okay, Ian Poulter, yep. okay, uh, and Bernard Langer. I did prep for like the regular PGA tour. I was not aware we were going to be making bets on the senior circuit. So I might have to like, I might need a few minutes here to go and retool my bets because I, I was not aware we were betting on the old dudes. I would like to hear your, your, the juniors, the, the amateur bet though, the, the guys who aren't in the geriatric board, the dudes oh. yeah, who, who don't have AARP memberships in addition to their tour card. Don't worry. I have one for you because you can make a bet on the top debutante at the Masters. Five men are making their appearance for the first time at the Masters. And I don't know a, a thing about any one of these five men, but I'm going, listen, the Kentucky Derby's coming up in about a month. And what do you do at the Kentucky Derby when you don't know anything about the horses? You bet on the best name and you hope you get lucky. And that's what I'm doing here. Out of the five debutantes, at plus 3,500, a man named Ollie Osborne. Ollie Osborne, baby, to be the best debutant out of the five men. Listen, I know his name is Says Ole, but it's going to be Ollie Osborne when I'm cheering for him. Ollie Osborne all the way at plus 3,500 to be the top debutant. I'm here with your fun bets, Ryan, okay? I'll take that. I'll, go, I'll ride with you on that. Guys, before we get into real matchups here and maybe some of our real quote-unquote bets, I do have a back of the Brinks truck bet that it's just it's bound to hit. Everyone knows Schaefer the Sand Trap. Uh, last time I gave out picks for the Players' Championship, I said the term premium ball striker three times, which is three more times than bets I won. However, this is different. That was the JV. This is the varsity. It's Masters Week. Here we go. How about this, boys? A hole-in-one. A hole-in-one. The pinnacle of golf. To make one hole-in-one for the entire term of the Masters is minus 162. However, if you go to the Sunday odds, you can bet a hole-in-one to happen on number 16, that classic pin placement right at the bottom of that hill where the players hit up to that top of the hill and they watch that roll down, the crowd goes wild. To hole-in-one on a Sunday in 16 is plus 110, meaning it's basically a coin flip. I love this bet. I'm betting at hole-in-one, just one. 
for the whole tournament, minus 162. Let's back up the Brings truck on that. That's tough. I mean, that that ain't exactly easy to easy to do. Drew. I thought you were going the other way with I, that I one. did, too. I thought Ace. the Sharp would be going against that. Yeah, that's such a weird bet for Drew to make because he's always, you know, he's always on, he, he's always on here talking about getting value and 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 where you put, you know, put your money to give yourself the best the best chance to win. And the no man, is plus money. Really dang. Just, dang, the no is on plus a wing money. and a prayer. Man. The no is plus money. And I know for a fact. Just a tradition unlike any other. You know some guy out of contention early Sunday when no TV cameras are watching is going to pop one in on 16. I guarantee it. I hope you're right. I do. I want to see you win. <laughs> Ryan is just yelling at you, Drew. I have I have my bet, my fun bet, and then I have my my two my real okay. bets. My, here's my fun bet, though. We're going back to the geriatric ward. A parlay. Listen, this is a... <laughs> Much, much less of a chance to win than Drew's hole-in-one bet, which has – I'm I'm 100% fading that. <laughs> but past Masters champions to make the cut. Mm. Ooh, I love this. Th- three-way parlay, three, three-man parlay. Jose Maria Olathabal. <laughs> you just wanted to say Olathabal on the podcast. It's okay. I get it. Correctly. Mike Weir. Okay. And VJ Singh, if they all make the cut – I gotta look at it again. Come back to me on what it, it actually like plus is. Plus ten thousand. It has to be like plus ten thousand. Somebody's gotta buy the beers, baby. <laughs> oh man, I would love for VJ Singh to make the cut. By I missed the way, that guy. Did, he was a beast. Well, did you guys see VJ on the practice range today, staring at Bryson as he was doing like his windmill, one hundred and forty-five mile per hour club swings? It was freaking hilarious. <laughs> he was just like full, looking there, just just motionless, watching Bryson just literally rip out his back trying to swing a golf club. Incredible. VJ Singh, by the way, uh, 150 to one odds to win all of it. But hey, let's stay. Uh, I got a fun bet. Let's stay in the geriatric ward for a quick second. How about Phil Mickelson as the top lefty in the tournament at plus 335? You like him, Drew? He's he's coming in. I've read some stuff about him being kind of hot coming in here. Bubba Watson and Brian Harmon have better odds uh, than him at plus 200 and plus 225, respectively. But hey, it's the Masters. Anything can happen. Phil's been here before. He played the course a million times. I like Phil as the top lefty at plus three thirty-five. I actually, I actually don't loathe that. I really don't loathe that, Danks. It's not Thanks, bad. Drew. <laughs> That's the best compliment you're going to get out of Drew. Thanks, hey, Drew. Buddy. In the past, when you've given us your shave for the sand trap bits, you have done uh, nationality bets before. Like the best American, the best European, the best uh, Asian American, whatever you had to throw out there. Do you have My any nationality bet. bets for the My Masters? My low Asian bet, yeah. You're low well, Asian. I don't have a low Asian this week, boys. However, I do have an amazing... <laughs> Top four European and my man, uh, one of Ryan's, uh, uh, actually it's, it's Ryan's brother, Zach's one of his boys, Matthew Fitzpatrick. You can bet mm. him top four European top four plus plus one sixty. I love this bet. I think it's going to be contention. I might sprinkle something on top 10 anyway, Matthew Fitzpatrick top European or sorry, Matthew Fitzpatrick top four European Plus 160. Okay. I have a nationality bet because I went searching as well. Did you know there's only two players in the Masters tournament that hail from Ireland this year? That'd be Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry. Now, Rory McIlroy, this Masters is his white whale. It's the only major he needs to complete the circuit. And he actually does really well in the past few matches. Fifth, seventh. He finished 21st recently, but he's been eighth. He's been been all over the top 10. But Shane Lowry, 
to beat Rory McIlroy is a plus 220 bet. And Shane Lowry is not the Shane Lowry of old, obviously, but all I need is Rory McIlroy to make a few hiccups and let the pressure get to him. And I need Shane to contend. And at plus 220 for Shane Lowry to lift the best in Ireland trophy at the Masters, I'll be taking that one too. I got all the square bets for you, Drew. Tony, Tony, I love that. Before we kick to Ryan, because I want to hear some of his bets, I actually am going to piggyback off Rory because I am also fading Rory. Recently, he had comments admitting that his swing got flat because he was chasing speed watching uh, Bryson DeChambeau hit the ball over the yard. I don't think he's – he just got a new swing coach. I think he's completely in his head. Now, you're right. This has been his white whale, his one left to get the career grand slam. However, I can get Patrick Cantlay, who I know Dangles lost a bet on the players, but this guy is primed for a good weekend here. Patrick Cantlay in a matchup against Rory. Cantlay, minus 120, straight up against Rory McIlroy. I love that bet. I'm taking it to the bank. Let's go Cantlay over Rory at minus 120. You stole my, you stole my matchup. I have that exact same matchup. Let's go, Dan. Wow. I think, I think, I think uh, you're getting really good value on that, on that Cantlay bet. I do have a bet on McIlroy later on in the show, but I love that matchup. That's my matchup, too. Well, let's, let's start some of the real bets. We've done the fun ones. Ryan, I want to go to you. Give me one of your real bets, the one you guarantee is going to hit for the Masters and for our listeners. I have – I am gonna. I love – here's some guys I love that I'm actually not betting. Colin Morikawa, I think. That dude is so solid every time he goes out. I also want to go back to the fact that you said Ian Poulter is the least likable player on tour, and there's two guys who are absolutely – 100% less likable than that oh. dude. Well, Patrick Reed and, and Bryson DeChambeau, I think, are the least likable golfers of all time. Well, you are going to hate my yeah. bets that are coming. <laughs> I, lo- I love Bryson as a player. I truly do love watching him play golf. I just I don't particularly love all that stuff that goes around it. I just feel like when Ian Poulter orders a drink, he doesn't tip the bartender. You know, he's that type of a guy. He's an interesting fella. Um, I'm going to say I, I love, I mean, just to win, I think that, like, I don't know how you can watch Bryson play golf and not and not look at that dude as the favorite every single time he shows up. So to me, like Bryson to win is, I mean, he's at like plus 1100 right now, but I don't know how you look at that dude and be like, that dude's not going to, he's to me, he's got this, like he's the tiger now or, and, and, and DJ too, like those two dudes, when they show up, you just expect them to win. Yeah. So, um, and then my, I love him this weekend. Sanjay. I love him. I love him. Top 10. I'm going to bet him to win. And I also, here we go. Here's my hot take, man. This is my my fun Tony Finau at plus 3,500. He's going to get it done one of these weekends. And wouldn't it be a story if he did it at the Masters? I know that people want to see him do it before they start investing in Tony. But I love Tony. Just I for whatever reason, I think he can get it done this weekend. I'm a big fan of Tony Fino. Obviously, like we share the same first name. I loved when he, he rolled his ankle at the Masters and then kept playing. I'm a big fan of Tony Fino. I would love for him to win this whole thing. Dangles, you got any real bets other than matchup stuff as we dive into maybe some top 10, top 20, top 30 players? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking a little bit at a nationality bet, too. And look, I know there's a lot of Americans in this tournament, but Justin Thomas has been getting better at Augusta every single year he's played. He finished 39th in his first Masters, but then tied for 22nd. Uh, the first one was in 2017, tied 20 or 2016, tied 22nd in 2017, tied 17th and 18th, 12th and 19th, and 4th in the November tournament. So eventually, I feel like all of that's got to come to a head for JT. Oh, and by the way, he just won the Players Tournament as well. He's playing excellent golf right now. He's plus 800 uh, as the top American golfer. I don't hate that number. Again, there are a lot of American f- in the field. Take it for what you will. Um, I think more of a lock than that, though, if you're going to go for the nationality bet, Paul Casey is the top English golfer at plus 
350. He's playing some of the best golf of anybody in the world right now. Uh, and and I, I think that uh, his consistency is going to help him as Augusta. Now, I have read that there are some concerns about his putting game, which, you know, could be troublesome at Augusta with these complex greens. But he's been good off the tee and hasn't finished outside the top 10 in any of his tournaments so far this PGA Tour season. So uh, Paul Casey, top English golfer, plus 350. Dangs, listen, I'm either rubbing off on you or I'm becoming more of a dangles because I'm alarmed. (laughs) I'm alarmed at your handicaps, my friend, because listen, as Mr. Hurd has said, you can't watch Bryson and think he is, uh, you know, a favorite of any golf tournament. I tend to agree with that with the exception of two players. One, still Mr. Dustin Johnson, because he can just put up any number on the course. But number two is a man that Ryan's familiar with, who's a member not too far from where he's sitting right now at the Troubadour Golf Club, a man that goes by... Brad Stedeker. Uh, close. Oh. A man that goes by the initials of JT. And if you watched him play in the fourth round of the Players' Championship, you saw what he's capable of. And, boys, he's what we call a 3-2-1 premium, premium ball, ball striker. striker. Thank you. He's yeah, a premium ball striker. And for him... To get a top 10 here, a top 10, as Dangles referenced, he's improved every every appearance in the Masters. He's improved his ranking. And also, he usually plays a practice round with Tiger Woods and Freddie Couples. Tiger's obviously not here this week recovering from his, from his accident. I think JT's kind of carrying the torch for Tiger. I love yeah. JT. Top 10 pays plus 125. That's going to be my top 10 bet. Justin Thomas plus 125 top 10. I like that. I like that a lot. I have some top 10 bets as well, but Drew, I do want to ask you, I got, I think we got two names here that are big names in golf, but we haven't mentioned yet in any of the bets. One of them is coming off of an injury and that's Brooks Kepka. He's going to be playing in this Masters supposedly as of this recording. He's ob- he's always has a chance to be a contender, but obviously he's not playing at the best of his abilities right now. He's not 100%. So A, what are your thoughts on Brooks Kepka? And another guy we haven't named is a man who everywhere you read you read about how this man just became a father as if that's going to propel him to success John Rahm is always around the top and he's one of the favorites to win the Masters so do you have any thoughts on Brooks or do you have any thoughts on John I it's a, it's a valid question tone and the funny thing about Rahm is people compare like him having a kid just to when Danny Willett had a kid in 2016 yeah. and they won like there's some correlation with that like as someone yeah. here who's about to have a child and Mr. Hurd who has a child uh, I'm not sure what effect that would have on a golf tournament. I mean, it happened to Rory, and Rory didn't do much. Um, Rom is going to be a favorite regardless if he just had a child or not. I don't really take any stock yeah. in the fact he had a child. He's going to be a popular uh, a pool play, and he can go out and win anytime he wants. So Rom, uh, particularly not you know a, a, a favorite of mine this week, but again, would not be surprised at all if he's putting the green jacket on Sunday just because he's a, literally one of the best players in the world. Brooks is interesting. Yeah. I think I'm going to look for some matches. This is what I would do with Brooks. I think it's going to be very clear on the first round if Brooks is going to be in it. Now, he said he didn't show up to get second place, and I love that attitude. There'd be nothing more, I do too. There'd be nothing more awesome than seeing Brooks like wear a green jacket, texting on his phone like, like PMT and Big Cat on Sunday. Like, I just won the Masters, bro. Like, that would be awesome. So I think I might actually sprinkle something. I think I saw Brooks at like 35 to 1. For first yeah. round leader, I think I might just sprinkle just something on that because I think he knows he's going to have to get out early and he's going to have to test that ankle. I did see him on the green kind of like do some kind of funky like stance, almost like favoring his knee. So I don't he think. Can't bend his left yeah, leg. exactly. Or his right he can't bend. So he's not 100%. I, 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 
I think you play Brooks in a matchup in the first round to kind of hedge your loss, if you will, and and, and, yeah. and monitor him. But I would not take any futures on Brooks. I definitely am going to put something on him in the first round, win or lose. Gotcha. Well, Ryan mentioned earlier how much Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau rub him the wrong way, but you can't deny that they're great golfers. And I saw Patrick Reed to make the top 10 at plus 300. I understand he's not at the top of the leaderboard with all these guys. Patrick Reed is a player, he's a contender, and people love to hate him because he's good and he backs it up. I think Reed at plus 300 at top 10, yeah, he might not get there, but that is good value for that man. He is a better golfer than that number indicates. Plus 300 to finish in the top 10. And Bryson, man, I'm going to have, we're going to go to winners soon. I pick Bryson as my favorite to pull it off. He's undeniably one of the best golfers in the world. And even though he's that nerd that you want to stuff in a locker, his shit works. Like his mathematician with all... With all the numbers going around his head like he's in, you know, a beautiful mind, it works. And he gets it to happen. And I think he has a chance to wear the green jacket. I like Bryson DeChambeau not only to win, but to finish in the top five is plus 275. I think that's a gimme bet because I think he's going to be in there. I think he's going to be in contention. Does anybody else have any uh, top 10 um, type bets that they want to give out before we move to winners? I want, I want to talk about Bryson very quickly. The, my one, my one holdup about Bryson this week, guys, is do you know that Augusta National is the only professional golf tournament on the PGA Tour that does not allow greens books. And do you know mm. the player that relies mostly on the greens books for his math and science is Bryson DeChambeau. And that was mm. greatly evident in his performance in November. He looked a little lost. And I got to give a shout out to my boy, uh, Ryan Hurd. Me and him had a bet in November. We played players to, to finish under par at Augusta at 17 and a half. We took the over. We took the local bookies out of business. We ensured their family had food that night because we cleaned them out. We maxed them out. Me and Ryan, yeah, me and Ryan were, were just, we were, we were bathing in, in, in cash. Um, that tournament played a little easier in the fall. I saw a picture of the practice rounds today. The greens almost look purple, which tells me they're crispy, which tells me come Sunday, they are going to be glass i think this course plays mm. much much tougher than it did in november and i think bryson without the uh without the aid of his of his traditional greens book could find some trouble on the greens but nothing would surprise me with him my last my last top 20 which is my best bet i'm gonna make it my back of the brink struck bet i took this guy in november in a matchup and how unlucky <laughs> can someone be if you take someone in the matchup and there's only one person that finishes ahead of him who won the tournament and the only other guy that tied with him is playing in the matchup against him. Ryan's boy, Sun JM. I took Cam Smith. They end up tying. Listen, Cam Smith set Augusta National Record in November four straight rounds in the 60s. Anytime you can bet an Australian with a mullet, you do it. That is my sharp analysis. That's Shea for the Sharp Gambling School. This guy is so dirty. He's got fire in his belly. He can roll the rock. I love, I love his looks. You can bet Cam Smith, top 20, and I think he is very live to win. I will sprinkle something on 33-1. to 1. Cam Smith, top 20, plus 138. That is my best top 20 bet. I like that. I like that a lot. Before we move on to winners, though, Drew, don't go too far away because I believe that on Thursday there's another thing that uh, Dangles and I can make a bet on, uh, on a, in a certain golf matchup. Is that correct? It's Friday, uh, 10.30 uh, Central Time at a country club that will not be disclosed because we don't want press there and paparazzi. They definitely show up for this. <laughs> It, it, so me and uh, and Ryan are putting on a little uh, Ryder Cup four man uh, uh, four on four Ryder Cup match play tournament this weekend. It is going to be a blast. We've been looking forward to it for many many months. 
Can't wait to be together. Um, but the first matchup, me and Ryan are paired opposite teams. And the first matchup is Drew Crookston at about eight and a half handicap versus Ryan Hurd in a nine hole match, about a 14 and a half handicap. And, uh, we, and Drew Crookston is giving Ryan Hurd three strokes. So, boys, would you like to make a friendly wager on the nine-hole match play? Drew Crookston giving Ryan Hurd three strokes. Any takers? Dangles, you go first, my guy. Oh, I'm all in on the dog. Give me the dog. Give me the dog, Hurd. Give me the dog, Hurd. I'm all in on it. I'm all in about it. I was in on it from the second Drew told me today. He was like, hey, do you want to? Of course, advantage. I get the front, which is the, the, the part of the course I like more, Right. And I think three strokes, I don't want him. <laughs> he says yeah. he doesn't want him. I love it. I love the fire. I love the intensity. I love the drive. I knew I wanted to bet you when uh, Drew told me this was happening, and now I'm even more certain of it. I'm taking the dog. It's Ryan Hurd all the way. My boy. I still want the strokes. <laughs> Tony? Not just to go opposite of you, Dangles, but I'm just going off of the info that I know. And Drew texted us the other day that he went golf and played 18, shot an 81, and he said he missed six shots within six feet of the green, which means this guy is hot. There's no one hotter in the world of amateur golfing than Drew Schaefer, the Sharp Crookston, right now. And if you're going to give three strokes, you could give six strokes. My man Drew's coming out on top. No offense, Ryan. I'm sure you're good. I think you just got a lot on your mind. Drew's been training for this for months. You have everything else over him. You have the bigger house. You have the better career. You have more money. You look better. <laughs> Drew's going to beat you on the golf course, and though, because that's the only thing he can hold it. Somehow, with a pregnant <laughs> wife, he still manages to find time for the link. So good for you, Drew. I'm going with Schaefer. My best bet in this matchup is Hurd. And you want to know why? Home course advantage, A. B, I, I can hit it a mile. I can't hit it four feet, but I can hit it a mile. You can hit it a mile. And uh, you, know what I, you know what I think? Hurd's due for one. I can't – I'm not a great golfer. I'll never be a great golfer, but it's just like they say in Little Giants, one time. One time. That's all I got to do. Right. Words to live by. One time. Words to live by. Uh, another reason for me to bet Drew, he doesn't talk about himself in the third person. Let's go, Schaefer. <laughs> well, also, also. I don't generally do that. That was, that was, a, I, I was going to say, wait a minute. Stop. Hang on, hang on. Schaefer the Sharp refers to himself as Schaefer the Sharp literally every week on this podcast <laughs> so that's just factually that's just factually incorrect hey that dangles thanks for that thanks for that cliff no but i want to say th th this is also the pairing against member guest partners we made our member guest de debut last july and heard can tell you in 60 seconds or left 60 seconds or less that we actually came in second place in our flight to make a little bit of money and um schaefer the sand trap had quite the celebration uh, that I think is gaining some uh, legendary status around those parts. Okay, we tied for a second in our <laughs> flight. I, we tied, and I'm a, I'm a terrible golfer. And uh, we not only did we tied, we lost to um, – we lost to – You can say it. You can say it. No, I'm just going to stop. I mean, it, it truly was <laughs> not – Second place is like I can say that, that's painting us a very very positive light. Ryan, I'll say it because you can't, and and I'll 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 explain it very quickly. We lost to a blind guy. Uh, his partner his partner was a one handicap, and the blind guy was the second rate. He was the second ranked golf blind golfer in the world, and this dude was the coolest dude and the most amazing ability to literally not see a golf ball and hit it straight and far. He was fantastic. And him and his partner beat us 10 to 8, straight up. You didn't tie for second. You got first place. The people who beat you were superheroes. You can't compare. To, you can't compete with that. Honestly, his name's Doc. He's an incredible golfer and an incredible awesome. dude. 
and he like literally he's, he showed up to the fifth hole and, and he introduces himself and says, I'm, my name's doc. I'm a blind guy. I, I, I love to golf. The, the only rules that are different between me and you is I can uh, ground my club in the sand because he has to in order to like yeah. get back to the ball. And he goes and my cat, my partner is allowed to be in my, uh, in the line of my ball. Right. Uh, yeah. like a caddy is not allowed to generally be in, in the line. Uh, he, he's allowed to be in the line just to set him up or whatever. And he's, he, we're on a, a, we start off on a par three and this dude sticks it to eight feet. Like it was nothing. And Drew and I looked at each other like, and I like, I like shanked one, like just hollowed one into a house. Drew, Drew just like hooks one, like 40 yards left. And we like just immediately conceded. The Talk hole. about a mind fuck. Sorry, mom. Uh, have a blind guy you're playing yeah. golf with hit an eight footer on a par three and try to swing a golf club after that. Try. He got in yeah. your heads. He got in your he heads. Really did. It's a mental Honestly, game. Rent free. He never got it back. Wow. He never got it back. Wow. Uh, well, let's, let's move on now back to the majors, back to the real golfers. Okay. Who's going to win this thing? There's favorites, there's long shots, there's people who are in the middle. You can make good money if you pick the right guy. I'll give you my three right off the top. I've already mentioned him most of the time. Bryson to win the whole thing at plus 1,100. He's going to be in the mix. He is going to be there, and I know it's tough to root for him, but I just think he has a chance, although what Drew said about the greens kind of makes me waver. Patrick Reed to win the whole thing, plus 3,500 again. I don't think he's getting enough respect on these numbers. I think he has a chance to pull it off. And then my guy, Tommy Fleetwood, if you want a long shot, plus 6,000. I love Tommy Fleetwood. I love the hair. I think he has a chance. Just get in the mix. That's good money. Good money to win that. Dangles, you got any winners? Uh, yeah, I got a short, medium, and long as well. I did want to mention, though, Drew, we, you must be rubbing off on me, or maybe I'm rubbing off on you as well, because I had I had a couple of these uh, uh, top, you know, top finishes bets. Cam Smith, plus 138 was one of them. Was one of them, and this we did not we did not discuss this before the podcast. So I'm feeling good, feeling feeling good about the uh, those bets. I also picked Rory McIlroy into the top ten at plus two hundred. I think people are sleeping on him. I know y'all don't like him, but I think people are sleeping on him. Um, All right, so my chalky winner is is Bryson uh, plus eleven fifty. I really just think you know there was a lot of talk about him going into the last Masters, um, and and I think that that impacted him. Um, You know, you mentioned the note about the greens books, which is interesting. Did not know that. Um, I still think you know this is his time to shine. Um, you know, I actually think if you go on to the ISS Twitter feed right now, you can look at the uh, the amount of time it's been since the International Space Station passed the last ball that go- uh, Bryson DeChambeau hit into orbit. This guy just <laughs> drives all day long. He's incredible. Uh, I think he's he's in line to win this, uh, even though people are talking about you know some of these other guys. Uh, my that mid- might be the nerdiest joke you've ever had my, on this show, Dangles. It might be. Oh come on, I'm sure we can find a nerdier one. Come on, this is me <laughs> we're talking about. Uh, my mid range is a, a, a Xander Schofley at plus twenty six. He's been playing really well lately. He's got three runner-up finishes just this year alone. A, a big win's got to be coming soon for this kid. I don't see why it can't be at the Masters. And then my long, long shot at 100-1 to 1 odds is Matt Wallace. He quietly finished third at the Valero Texas Open, and I think previous play does matter when you're heading into a, a course like Augusta. Sure, it's 100-1 to 1 odds, but we are talking about a long shot here, are we not? He's just an unknown, uh, as unknown and milquetoast named British of a British golfer, I think, to make an impact. So uh, Matt Wallace, 10,000 to one, coming off a third place finish at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, he's my long shot. Xander Schofley, or, uh, Schofley at plus 2,600 for mid-range. And then my chalky favorite, Bryson DeChambeau. Mr. Kalamazoo Crooner, do you have any sprinkles on who's going to win this whole thing? I already said I love, I think, every time Bryson shows up, he's the favorite. Yep. I love Sung M this weekend. I just think he's, the, the, for everything you hear about that dude, is that he's the most talented young golfer that, is, is playing. I mean, that's all these dudes just kind of fawn over 
Im's game for whatever reason. And yeah. I, you know, they all look like professional golfers to me. So whatever. And I, you know what though, I think, and this is chalky too. I'm going to go two chalks and, and M, but I love John Rahm and it's because he had a baby and think about it like this. If you're Brooks Kepka and you're walking around and your knee hurts, right. And every time you swing, it hurts. That's going to affect you in, in a big way. Right. Yeah. Like I, when I, when I tweak my wrist or my back or whatever, I, I golf sucks, but there's this thing called baby luck and think about your swing when something else is much more important. Right. Think about like, I'm not thinking about golf. I'm thinking about my baby and I take a nice smooth swing and I'm, it's just not the most important thing anymore. And that's when you play your best golf is when you're loose. And I think John Rahm's going to be loose. And I think that he's got a real chance to just without caring too much, go dominate. So that's, I think that's Bryson, a solid, as solid of an explanation is of the baby factor as I have ever heard. I got yep. a roll. Yep. So fun. Please let me come do it again sometime. You're good, buddy. No, you're good, man. Thank you for coming on Love the show. You, brother. We'll see you Sunday. Can't wait, man. Shay for the sharp. You got any winners before we wrap up? Oh boy. Thought you never asked Tony. So, as we as we often know in sports, uh, the 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 odds of, of a pre flop bet um, versus a live bet, and in golf, there's some of the same things, guys. Uh, now, there's three guys I have my my eye on on eleven to one: um, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and I cannot believe we have made it this far in this podcast without mentioning the red, scalding hot Jordan Spieth. That is shocking. Yeah. Um, he's so hot. I think nobody wants to touch him. I mean, yeah. everybody's kind of going, okay, he just won this. He just won this tournament. He's been completely off the, you know, off the radar for the last little while. Nobody's really been talking about him, but you know, I think people, you know, people forget he's still a top golfer in the world. But I, I know for me, I was kind of looking at it and going, everyone's so hot on this. It just feels it. Yep. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. So, so this is what I'm gonna do with those three guys. I'm not taking any of those guys pre-flop because I think their odds are too short. However, I, I almost will guarantee that come uh, Saturday before the third round starts, I will have money on one or maybe multiple of these guys because I do think all three of these guys will be in contention come Sunday. I don't mind paying shorter odds if they're on top of the leaderboard. I think it kind of separates them some, separates from the field. I think 11 to 1's not quite enough for the Sharp to make a pre-flop bet, but those are the three chalky guys I will be looking to bet on the weekend. The, 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 the pre-flop guys I want to talk about very quickly, Fat Pat, Tony, you're dead on about that guy. He is awesome. And I know he's not well-liked. I think you get value because people don't want to bet him. I really do. And, yeah. and at, 30, yeah. at 35 to 1, the guy can roll the rock, man. you got to be able to roll the rock at, at Augusta. Playing experience matters at Augusta. He's won there before. He's got multiple top 10s. I love him at 35 to 1. And how about this? Another guy that is always talked about in Augusta. We haven't heard much from him this week. He's not in great form. Um, didn't have a miss the cut at the players. Xander Shoffley, as Dangles has said, amazing Dangles, 20, 22 to one uh, around around that around those parts. I definitely think uh, if him or Tony were to do it this week, I would not be surprised. So I'm going to sprinkle something, a little preflop on Xander Shoffley, and finally, the one man that has not missed a cut in Augusta uh, since 2010. Any guesses? Very quickly, any guesses? Any guesses? Mister. Uh, Freddie Couples. Well, he I, I bet him to make the cut on in November and he missed it. So uh, go, no, F Freddie. No nards. Um, Adam <laughs> Scott and wow. this guy, sixty-six to one. I think that's worth a sprinkle. If he's if he's in contention Sunday, I think his experience uh, definitely matters there. And I'm going to sprinkle something on Adam Scott, Fat Pat, Xander Schofle. 
I love it. I love it. And that wraps up our Masters podcast. Jim Nance, hello, friends. Let's get ready to hear it. The Azaleas, Butler, I can't wait. Amen it Corner. Is the best. It's going to be fun. Uh, uh, just turn the music on and just lean back. Wear a bathrobe. Go in your recliner. It is a great, have relaxing a weekend. Oh, yeah. Definitely have a Manhattan. It's going to be great. And listeners, the next three weeks now, we're getting back to our bread and butter. We're going to be breaking down everything that's happened in the NFL, and a lot has happened. We're going to be doing free agency pods. We're going to be talking about Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, all the all the pieces that have moved. We're going to do the rest of our top 10 QB list. And, of course, we're bringing back the original host of this podcast, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, for the NFL Draft. The Balzarini Big Board is coming. So the next three weeks are very much football-oriented, but this weekend, it's all about that golf. I can't wait to see it. For Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, our special guest, Ryan Hurd. My name is Tony Cavallo. We are the West Coast Gamblers, and as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!